Welcome to the Celebration Church Orlando podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Hey, church. We're so glad that you're here with us, man. Welcome to Church at Home. I am so, so glad that you guys are with us, and you guys are in for an incredible treat. This Sunday, we're going to get a chance to hear from my good friend, Pastor Charlie Dawes, who pastors the amazing church of Metro Church up in the D.C. area. He's got an incredible word for us. So I want us to lean in. I want us to fully engage. I want us to connect with him on social media, and let's listen to what God's going to say. It's going to be a great Sunday. Hey, church. Uh, Thanks for joining us for uh, Church at Home. Uh, I want to welcome in uh, just some of our, our church family, uh, all the way down in Amelia Island, uh, Celebration Church, uh, Amelia Island. Thanks so much for joining us today. So glad that you guys are a part um, of today's uh, gathering. Uh, and so I just want to draw your attention to uh, Acts chapter 2. We're going to jump right in. Uh, as you know, we are in a collection of uh, sermons really around the idea of Acts, the stories of the early church. Uh, but here's what we know. Uh, the stories of the early church are actually the stories that we're living out and have the ability to participate in right here and right now. You see, I never want us to read the scriptures as if it's some text uh, from antiquity that has nothing to say to us now by way of inspiration, by way of transformation, but also a, a way for us to move forward. God in his word instructs the people of God on what it is to, to be a family, what it is to be one, what, what it is to move in the face of opposition and turbulent times and be able to be steadied in his presence, but also utilized for the furthering and the advancement uh, of the kingdom of God. And so what we want to do in this, uh, in this time is look at some of these themes, look at some of these topics that are, are, are huge throughout the text in Acts. And one of them that we're going to look at uh, this morning is just simply um, unity and fellowship. I know a lot of times we'll use that word community, uh, but I I want us to to specifically uh, kind of break them apart and be able to look at unity, to be able to look at fellowship and to see their role um, in this as unique uh, and important. So if you'll look at Acts chapter two with me, uh, we're going to start at verse 42. And then we're also going to look at a portion of scripture uh, in Acts chapter four, um, just to see this rhythm uh, of, of language, but also this rhythm of, of thought throughout the text. Chapter two, it says this, and they being the church, being the disciples, the follower of Jesus, this would all been all of those that heard the message that were, um, you know, saved and added to the church. This is also going to be those that were in the upper room. So it's talking about kind of that, that early church and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added, Lord added to their number day by day, those who are being saved. Now keep that in mind and go now with me to Acts chapter four. Um, Just move your attention to to verse um, 32. It said, now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving the testimony of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Verse 34, there was 
not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands and houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. We'll stop there for our time. Let's bow our heads and our our hearts for prayer. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for um, its instruction. We thank you for its correction. We, We thank you for its guidance. And Lord, we recognize that we are in um, a difficult season. We're in a difficult time. But Lord, we know that your word is true. We know that your spirit is present. And we know that you are our God and we are your people. And so Lord, with those things in mind, Lord, there is not anything that we can't withstand. If God is with us, who could be against us? And so God, we stand confidently on your word. We thank you, God, for all that you're doing in and through us. Be with us in these next few moments. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You see, this idea of, of unity, this idea of, of being one, being together, uh, this is not a new concept for the people of God. This concept is, is seen all throughout the scriptures. In the Old Testament narrative, we see that it is alive and well, that God desired for his people to be together, not broken apart, not weak, not like having instability, but God wanted them to be together, to be whole, to be a a unified people. It's always been God's desire. And so in the early church, it was important that they had unity. What I want to make sure we understand, that unity does not erase your differences. It means that your differences are secondary to the cause of Christ and secondary to the kingdom of God. What it is it's saying to us is that to be in one accord, to be of one mind, to have unity is to ignore differences. What what the Bible wants us to do is see our differences, to see the beauty in diversity, to see the way in which God has created us and the way in which God has purposed us. And in the midst of that, all desire to come to even a greater place of being known as the family of God, to be in unity, to be in one. You see, but unity will always be at risk because of our fallen humanity. Because there is sin at work, because there is evil at work among us and around us, we have to make sure that we engage in fellowship so that we ensure that our unity isn't destroyed. You you see, unity can't simply thrive and can't exist without having fellowship as well. It's why even during this season of quarantine, we were always talking about make sure, and we're still talking about make sure you're connected to someone. Why? Because it's not enough just for us to be of one mind and one accord. We also want to have fellowship with one another. We want to be able to encourage, to strengthen, to meet the needs, to pray for, to celebrate with, to mourn with, to cry, to laugh. All of those things is what happens when the people of God gather together in fellowship. When we're with one another, it's easy for us to be unified. It's easy for us to have unity. You see, the kingdom of God transcends all barriers. And we recognize that the church, the local church, is a local expression of that reality. And so we talk about the kingdom of God is one of inclusivity. You see it throughout Acts. You see it throughout Luke's gospel. It is a theme in his writing. You cannot miss that underlying theme throughout his writings 
of inclusivity. Those that were on the outside are being brought near. Those who we thought were down and out are given a place of authority and voice and they're brought into the family. You see, many of us, if we're not careful, we will try to shrink the family of God when God laid down his life so that all might sit at the table of our king. I I want us to know that our church has to be a local expression of the kingdom of God, which transcends all barriers. You remember what it says in Colossians Chapter three, it says there's neither Greek nor Jew, not circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and Christ is in all. Hear me on this. The early church had to struggle with divisions of a race, divisions of ethnicity, divisions of gender. There were not equal um, views of men and women in that society. There were not equal views of different persons of different races and locations and nationalities. We've got to be aware that the church of Jesus Christ was birthed out of a time and place where there was racial tension and racial divide. And yet the gospel calls for the church to be a place for all to find themselves a seat at this table. There is a unity, there is a oneness that comes through Jesus. He lays his life down as the bridge that humanity gets to cross over into the fullness of all that God has for them. It was a great divide in the early church, the first Christians in the body of Christ. At that same time, they're, they're not just dealing with that internally, but they're also dealing with depressive governmental structures. They're also dealing with aggression in society towards their way and desire to worship the Lord. I'm just telling you the scriptures have so much to say to us on the times and spaces that we live in right now. The people of God have never had the opportunity to just live their lives in easy non-tense moments and the gospel throws us right to the middle of those things friends so when you watch the news and you see all that's happening around us don't live in fear because i promise you that the kingdom of god was built for such a time and for days such as this jesus said it this way that the gates of hell that they won't prevail so i promise you hell can try its hardest to overthrow the kingdom of God, and it will not prevail. Take courage and be encouraged in that reality. And so this morning, what I want us to do is look at some purposes that we have uh, in, in, in this unity in our church. What are the purposes for us to be unified? And I'll say this, I'm not, this list isn't exhaustive. You may want to add to this. You may want to consider this even as the message is over. You may want to talk about this in your family over brunch. And you may want to just extend this conversation, but I want to offer a few of these things to you. I think there are two purposes that I want us to focus in on for unity in the church. And the first one is simply this, is to lead others to faith. Never forget the job and the role of us in the kingdom is to bring others around the table of God. Those that might felt far off to bring them in. I'll draw your attention to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 is filled with parables from Jesus and each of the parables have a different central figure that is looking for something that was lost and the same posture is in all of them. There is a reckless abandon to look for what is lost 
And there is this desire for what has left and what has gone away to be returned. And until it is returned, the family doesn't feel full. There is a beautiful picture for us to see in Luke chapter 15, where our design as followers of Jesus is to always look for the lost. But I want to encourage us that the gospel has never been solely about a soul. Jesus asked that we would love the Lord our God with our heart, with our mind, with our soul, with our strength. Can I say to you that Jesus does not only want us to worship him in that manner, but also wants for us to be redeemed in that same manner. Not just a soul redemption, but that my body would be redeemed, that my mind would be redeemed, that my life would be redeemed, that all of me, that I would worship God in spirit and in truth, in totality, I would honor God. So here's what that means for us as the people of God. I don't simply want people to acknowledge Jesus intellectually. I don't want them just to acknowledge Jesus emotionally. I want them to acknowledge Jesus in their life, a holistic gospel representation in their life. The second thing is, is we're to lead believers to maturity. And, and this is one where I, I might step on your toes a little bit. So I hope this is okay and I hope you'll be all right this morning. I think you can handle this. I'm concerned that the body of Christ is more concerned with comfort than we are maturity. I, I think if we're not careful, we get to a place where we want to feel good. We want our sermons to pacify us. We want our sermons to pat us on the backs and encourage us at all the things that we're doing right rather than pushing us to the place of growing. I'm just telling you, don't you remember when you were like 11 and 12 years old and you were about to hit that growth spurt? You had what was called growing pains because it's going to it's going to be grueling to get from where you are to where you're going to be. Your body is going to be stretched. Your faith, your relationship with Christ, my spiritual journey, those things have to be stretched and brought to a place of maturity. The Apostle Paul says it this way to the church in Corinth. He said, you are enjoying spiritual milk. He said, but what I wish you would do is graduate from the bottle and get a fork and knife and begin to eat spiritual meat. You see what he's saying to the churches? I can't have you living in a place where you're just comfortable, where it's just easy. Listen to me. If the maturity, if you maturing in your faith does not bring you to a place of questioning the things that you once embraced easily, and moving to a deeper level of that thought, all you are doing is co-signing on what you had in an immature state and pretending it's something else. We're not after steak-flavored milk. We're after moving from milk to meat. We want to be people that can grow in our maturity. So what does that look like? It means I grapple with the scriptures, not just at a place of my own comfort, it's why it's incredibly important for all of us as we're engaging the scriptures to do it from a, a, an awareness of cultural context. I cannot make the scriptures mean in my life what they did not mean there. There's a variety of applications that can be made in the text. But please understand that there is only one contextual interpretation of the scriptures and it was for the time they were written. Another way to say it is this, that the Bible was not written to us, but it was written for us. 
We are not the original intended audience of the scriptures. And to understand fully what's happening and what they're meaning to me, I have to go then and there first before I can go here and now. So I want to challenge you to to grow in your faith, to mature in your faith. That your mind, that my mind would continually be transformed into the mind of Christ. One of the ways I can, I can tell whether or not I'm maturing is if my selfish ambition begins to diminish. Do I think of myself more than I think of others? That would be a quick litmus test to determine whether or not I'm actually maturing in the things of God. You say, Charlie, that sounds incredibly simplistic. Yes, but when I look at Jesus' life, I don't see him looking for his own well-being. I see him laying his life down for the well-being of others. So I want to make sure for us as, a, as followers of Jesus, we're not comfortable with messages that just encourage us to go and discover our purpose. I want to make sure that we're leaning into text that says, in the midst of, of racial division, in the midst of a time and a place where it seems that there is tension that we don't know if it can be resolved. Let's be honest. Some of us might be feeling that. Man, are we out of place? Is there, is there any hope? Can we go forward? Can I say this to you? Yes, we can go forward. But I promise you the way forward for the church is not to look at external mechanisms, but it's for us to be what Christ called us to be from the very beginning, to be a unified collection we are one body with many parts and we can't say to one body you're not necessary we can't disconnect one part of the body from the other and also the body was never intended to just stay in an infancy state i don't know if you have this app on your phone it's called time hop i love time hop i'm on a pretty strong streak with time hop if i'm honest with you um i've i've I kind of have a rhythm in the early part of my day where I check time hop pretty much every day. And what time hop is, is it's an app that will show you your pictures. It'll show you your posts from that day, um, kind of for, for like history. And I think it probably goes back around maybe like a, a decade or so, because after a decade, you know, nobody had digital pictures or something like that. I, I don't know why, but um, it, it'll go back a good portion. And for me, here's what's, what's fun. Here's what's nostalgic about it is I'll see pictures of my kids at different ages, different stages. Uh, just the other day, a picture popped up on my phone and it was a, a time when my dad and I took my son Caden uh, on his first kind of what we called a man trip. And we were gonna talk to him about what it was to be a, a, a man uh, in our family. And uh, he was young and so we were doing some things and we went to one of our favorite cities to do uh, probably one of my most favorite things and that's to go to a, a Chicago Cubs game uh, at Wrigley Field. And uh, we took Caden and I was looking at the pictures that came up on Time Hop, and uh, I saw him wearing his, uh, his jersey, and I, I saw us in the stadium, and uh, there was a picture where my, my dad was, was helping my son um, putt on a golf course. And it was just this kind of snapshot of, of a moment in time that is a, a memory that, uh, that is just dear to my heart, right? That picture says a lot. That picture says, you know, it's a uh, this is a connection of our family. My dad taught me stuff. Now he's teaching my son things. It's a, you know, I had a deep moment on high, on time hop if I'm, if I'm honest, but can I say, can I say this? I, I can't keep my son at the age of that picture as much as I enjoyed it, as much as I loved it. It, it would, it's not the intention. It's not the design for him to just be locked at that age forever. He's going to continue to mature and you and I have to make sure that we are being led into maturity and that we are leading others to maturity. 
Paul said it this way, when I was younger, I thought a certain way, I acted a certain way, I behaved a certain way. He said, but as I've grown in the faith, as I've matured, I put away childish things. Maybe this is the season and the time for, for us to, maybe we got to put away some childish things so that we can continue to mature in the Lord. And now I want to give you kind of a, a list of a few things because I think that the church, there are ways that we can kind of demonstrate and show and model um, this unity in, in our midst. And, and I want to list a few of these for you. The first one is sharing in the Lord's Supper. You see here in the early church in Acts chapter two, it says that they gathered together. There was a fellowship, the breaking of bread. Understand what it's talking about. Sharing the Lord's Supper, communion together. It is an experience that you can have by yourself. You can have with your family. You can have with friends. But when you are sitting at the table and you are laughing and enjoying yourself, can you also at that time take a moment to remember and reflect on the Lord, the rabbis would teach this, that if you would sit at a meal and Torah was not discussed, if, if God was not present in that meal, that that meal did not have the same ability to nourish you in the way that it could if God was present in that place. How many times do you and I sit at a table and we fill our stomachs, but we miss the opportunity to fill our soul in community that is around us? The other one we can express unity with the Lord through baptism. Baptism is an expression of unity. In Ephesians chapter four, Paul says it this way, that there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. And I love this in verse five, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Baptism is a sign of solidarity in the death and resurrection of Christ. It declares him as Lord and it also unifies us in the body of Christ. We're unified over communion. We're unified over baptism. We're unified when we extend hospitality. Did you know that throwing a party, throwing a party in your house is a way that you can show and demonstrate unity in the body of Christ? Listen, as we move into these new phases up here in the DMV, and I know down in Florida, you're a little bit ahead of us in terms of these phases. So on the island, you're probably throwing some parties, but here in the DMV, we're, we're getting ready to throw some parties, hopefully in days and weeks to come. There are gonna be numbers of people that we would feel safe and feel comfortable to have in, in our homes. And, and I just wanna say this to you, as you begin to feel comfortable in doing that, I also want you to know that when you do that, there's a unifying element. That barbecue, that cookout that we love having with family and friends. Can I say to you that there is also an element of spirituality in that time? You see, hospitality is one of these treasures that we have in the body of Christ. It's a way of making a stranger feel like not just a friend, but a family member. Hospitality allows those from different places, different homes, on their journeys, whether it's a short distance or a far distance, to come and to sit at the table and to be one, to be unified with us. Another one is sharing resources. It talks in the scriptures where they gave, they gave to those that were in need. One of the things I'm so proud of our church in this season, our response team has been incredible. When needs have, have risen in our church, we've been able to meet those needs the requests for groceries, the requests for assistance for newborns, meals, and the list goes on and on. I've been so proud of the way in which we have shared 
our resources. Let's make no mistake about it. You can talk about generosity, but the reality is this. What the church does when we bring our, our tithes back to the Lord, when we give our offerings over and above beyond that, it allows the church to do the ministry and the work as it was designed all the way in the Old Testament. Please don't see the church as just another philanthropic arm that you donate to. The reason why we're obedient in these areas with our finances and bringing our first to the Lord is because we know that God's design is that God's people, the house of God, that the church would always take care of those that were in need. It's our design. It's our mission. It's a way in which we demonstrate unity. Another is solidarity through suffering. Listen, when we go through situations and things in life, when there's solidarity in our brokenness, it brings us together in a way that really is hard for us to fully comprehend. It's why when you talk to war veterans, those that they served with, those that they suffered alongside, there is a connection to them that will last the balance of their life. And it's a connection that other relationships pale in comparison to. For those of you that have lost a loved one, maybe you've gone through a season where you've lost a parent. There is a solidarity that you have. There is a connection that you have with when someone else loses a parent. It's almost unspoken. You don't have to say it to anyone. My friend and I used to say it this way. His family, they, they lost a child very early after birth. And as many of you know, Nicole and I, a number of years ago, walked through a season where we, we lost a child. And my friend and I used to say it this way, that, that we belong to a club that we never wanted admittance to. And we never want to see anyone else join. But we knew there was a connection. We knew that we knew each other's pain in a way that we actually didn't even have to vocalize. You see, I think there's a solidarity in suffering that even in the body of Christ, I think we would be well served to come alongside those in their moments and their times of suffering to listen, not to prescribe ways for those to be well, not to prescribe ways for suffering to be extinguished, but to come alongside to listen with ears of empathy and hearts desired to stand in solidarity not necessarily trying to solve your problem. I'm trying to make sure you know that I see you and I hear you and I'm not going anywhere, even though it's difficult and even though it's hard. Another thing I want us to grab hold of, and finally, this is a, a, a tough one. I put it last because it's, it's not an easy thing to do. It's to welcome former opponents. To have hospitality for a guest or a friend of somebody else or somebody that came in, that's one thing. But to be welcoming of someone who was directly in opposition to you, that only happens, that only happens by way of Jesus. And I'm thinking of the Apostle Paul here. You know, the Apostle Paul was desiring to tear down the early church. He was a persecutor of the way, has a radical transformation when he encounters Jesus. And his life is put on a direction and on a new course where he is now going to be reaching the other for him. You see, for him as a, as a Jew, as a well-studied, becoming a rabbi, as someone who was well, well-studied in the faith, for him to now use that to reach the Gentiles who he saw as second class 
is the very definition of a ministry of reconciliation. So listen to me, whoever, whatever the other is for you, a way that we can demonstrate unity is by welcoming former opponents when they come to a place of forgiveness and renewal. They weren't welcoming Paul when he was still trying to persecute. It's actually kind of funny when you read in the scriptures because the people were like, hey, don't you remember Paul? He kind of has a bad reputation. Should we let him in? You see, but the transformation in his heart was so real. It was so evident that the people made room for him. I wonder if there are people in our life right now who, because they think different, because they they act different because they've been harmful to us in the past. I wonder, do we have a space for this in our, in our spirituality? Where that those that we have seen as opponents, we can actually welcome them in as family. We can welcome them in as friends. You see, church, the body of Christ is called to be unified. We're called to have unity and fellowship. We don't just get together just for getting together sake we recognize there's something sacred in the midst of it all happening and my prayer for you is that you will encounter that type of unity as you thrust yourself into relationship with jesus and into the body of christ here in your area in your city known as the church see the lord has a mission for us but we don't get to engage the mission and our calling until we find ourselves unified uh, in the body of Christ. Church, my prayer is that you will do that this week, that you'll lean into this and that the, the early church will be seen in your life here and now. Grace and peace, church. We love you so much. What a great message from Pastor Charlie. And just like he said, that if we're to do anything bold, that we must do it with Jesus. And for some of you, that might be your first decision today. Whether you're committing your life for the first time or recommitting in a long time, all you have to do is simply say this prayer after me. And it comes from Romans 10, 9. And it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you are saved. So let's pray. Jesus Christ, I believe that you died and rose again for my sins. Jesus Christ, be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you just made that decision, we are so proud of you. And hey, you do not have to do this journey alone. All you have to do is text aside to 25101, and we would love to come alongside you and help you through this journey and help you with your next steps. Yeah, and one of those next steps Look, we're so excited that you're part of the family now, but we're going to partake in communion. We believe two things about communion. The reason we do this is this is what the early church did anytime they gathered. In one, to remember what Jesus did on the cross, but also to help grow the church and come along beside each other and grow together. So as we take communion, we believe it is a symbol of the cross. So if you need to pause the video, you need to tell the kids to be quiet, put the dog outside for a second, grab your communion element, some unleavened bread. You can grab wine, grape juice, sparkling grape juice, whichever is your selection. And uh, we're gonna take communion together. So you can take that bread and just like Jesus' body was broken, he gave disciples the bread and they broke and ate just like his body was broken for us. Maybe you need healing this morning. You can pray, believe, let's break. And then just like his blood was shed on the cross for our, for our forgiveness and his grace, we're gonna take of the drink. 
Man, we're so thankful that you came along beside us to do this with us this morning. Look, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. We thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, we're so excited that you were able to do this with us this morning. And look, if you have a praise report or you have a prayer need, like you, like we said, you can text the word CARE to 25101 if you have a need. And we believe here at Celebration Church that your care needs can become praise reports. So if you have a praise, man, let us know. We want to celebrate with you. If you've got good things going on in your life, don't hold it to yourself. Yes, and thank you so much, church, for joining us this weekend. Don't forget, tag us on social media where you're tuning in from this week. And we can't wait to see you next week. See you next week. today's message. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you heard today. If you'd like more content like this, or you'd like to connect with us, go to celebrationorl.org. We hope you join us next time.